everyone. Thanks for checking out this podcast. I hope today's conversation inspires you and builds your faith for the moment you are in right now. Know that God's love for you truly changes everything. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Let me say to our friends in Brazil, bom dia. I know that we have a lot of Brazilians watching our service this morning. It's amazing to be here. What a taste of heaven, what a taste of the kingdom of God. You know, all nations here together worshiping God. It's amazing. What an opportunity we have this morning. So before we dive into the Bible this morning, studying the word of God, let us pray. God, this morning we came here to meet you to be in your presence. Please, Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. We came here to listen to your voice, God. We came here to listen to to your voice, Holy Spirit. Please, talk to our hearts this morning. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You probably already heard that common say, if you don't know where you are going, you will get where you don't want. And this makes me think, why are so many immigrants coming to Canada? I made this question so many times before coming here. Why am I going there? The most common question when I arrived here was, what are you doing here? Are you crazy? Why did you leave that nice warm weather in Brazil to come and experience this crazy Canadian winter? Are you crazy? Yes, we are a little bit, (laughs) yes. And Canadians, I don't know, are they searching for something too? Maybe that better cottage house, that perfect summer with the perfect trailer, I don't know, a perfect country home, countryside home, that perfect trip, Car, I don't know, the list goes on and on and on. Truth is, friends, different people, different stages of life, different nationalities, all searching for something to complete their stories. Like a movie, we want our stories of life life to make sense. Like a fairy tale, we want that happy ending. But why is it never enough? When we get that dream job, that extra educational degree, I don't know, sooner that we can imagine, we need something else to bring a new sense, a new direction to our lives to make us feel complete again. 
And then we start all over again, searching and searching and searching for something new, for something that seems to be missing. And this morning, today, I want us to find the real sense in our lives, in our stories, have, reflecting on three stories. First, God's story. A story of relationship. God's intention with giving us this amazing book, the Bible, was never to transform us into theologians or Bible experts. Don't get me wrong, friends. Systematic theology, Greek, Hebrew, exegesis, inductive Bible study, and all the important tools to understand this amazing book are important. However, this book was released to tell a story of love. The big narrative behind the 66 books that compose the Bible is focusing on telling a story of a relationship. To comprehend this, we need to go back to the beginning. In Genesis, God created humankind for a relationship. We were created to be loved. Genesis 1:26, the first part, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So, Genesis 1:27 says, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Will Feelings, intentions, desires, emotions. We are relational beings. God gave us all that we need to connect with him and to connect with each other. It's interesting. Genesis 3, we find God when the cool evening breezes were blowing. The Bible says that he was walking in the garden, looking for, spending time with man and woman, with his creation. God's purpose, brothers and sisters, for us was always to have a relationship based on his love and care. His plan was always to have intimacy with his sons and daughters. Getting to know him through walking with him. Enoch is a perfect example. Genesis 5, 23 and 24 says, Enoch lived 365 years. Walking in a close fellowship with God. Then one day he just disappeared. Because God took him. He was in such a good relationship with God. He was walking so close to God. God liked it so much to have Enoch in his presence. And one day God said, come home. I want you here. 
Abraham, before he was called Abraham. Genesis 17.1 says when Abraham was almost 100 years old. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. The Portuguese version says, walk in my presence and be perfect. Anda na minha presença e se perfeito. Walk in my presence and be perfect. This was the plan. Have sons and daughters walking with him. But many, many generations after Abraham, see what the prophet Isaiah says. The Lord says, Isaiah 29, 13. These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. What Isaiah is showing us here, friends, it's so important. The prophet is showing that it's possible to have the knowledge and not the relationship. Jesus came into this world, became a man to bring us back to a relationship with God. John 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. The big story about God is he loves us, he loves you and is calling us back to his love. He, we are called to connect and depend on him, to center our, our lives on him. He wants to bring us back to the beginning in Genesis, understanding how amazing our creator is, all his creation, and all that he freely gave us. And then we should intentionally decide to live under his love and kingdom. First story. Story of relationship. But unfortunately, this is not the only story going on. We need to check the world's story. A story of independency. So, God created a good and perfect world. Created the man to care of all his creation, living again a free, intentional relationship with him, a relationship based on love and gratitude. But something happened. Genesis 3. 
Verse 1, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not, you must not touch it or you will die. We know that Satan, God's enemy, is behind what is happening in Genesis 3. You will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Be like God? They were like God. Created in his image. So the reality here, friends, brothers and sisters, is that now man can use all God gave him to walk far away from his creator. He can choose now to live without God, a life of independency. Humankind can now choose to do life in their own terms. But the problem was, something was missing now and was not the clothes. Genesis 3, 7, then the eyes of both of them were opened. And they realized they were naked. So they sawed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Something was missing. Something was broken. The relationship was broken now. Sin. Rebellion. A sense of independency is between God and man right now. Genesis 3 verse 9 and 10, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Where are you? You. We use it to walk to get to talk uh, to talk and walk together. 
Where are you, my son? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. I can't be in your presence. Something was missing. Something was broken. According to C.S. Lewis, from this moment and on, after Genesis 3, human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. The outcome of Genesis 3, brothers and sisters, is mass confusion. A world of self-gods trying to decide their destiny. We go to Genesis 4. The first two sons of Adam and Eve. And what we have in Genesis, in Genesis 4 In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast, Cain? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule roll over it. The first relational conflict involving God and two brothers and what we have here. The first murder. Why? Because now people can decide, live on independence from God. Deciding what is good or bad, what to do and not to do. If you have a problem, you can decide to solve it in your own terms, in your way. This was just the first sign, friends. The first step down the road to a life of open rejection against God's vision for people's lives. The disconnection, the separation is now installed, is a reality. We go to Genesis 11. And what we find there, verse 1 
to four. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them truly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Why do we need to follow God? We don't, they said. Let's make our name. Let's live life on our own terms. Genesis 1 to 11 is like a summary revealing how life would be in this fallen world. The tension between God's story and the world's story. And this leads us to the point we think, how can I live? How can I live? How can I manage this situation between these two stories? How can I find sense Why does my story matter? Why does our story matter? Third story this morning. A story of influence. The episode of Babel ends like this. The city was called Babylon. Because there the Lord mixed up the language of all the people. We saw here today this amazing service. They were singing different languages. Amazing. It was beautiful. The Lord mixed up the language of all the people and from there he scattered them all over the earth. The world has now different languages, different nations. But the project in God's heart never changed. The prophet Isaiah again talks about a deep project in God's heart which did not start with him. Isaiah 49, 6, we read, the Lord said to me, I have a greater task for you, my servant. Not only you will restore to greatness the people of Israel who have survived, but I will also Pay attention, all nations service this morning. 
I will also make you a light to the nations so that all the world may be saved. Starting with Abraham, God is calling people to a transformational and influential, influential relationship. He calls Abraham and says, through you I will bless all the nations. Before the mess in Genesis 3, the confusion, there were no nations, no different languages. I don't know your story of life. All the amazing colors and unique characteristics of your culture. But if you came to Jesus, if you are a Jesus follower, your culture is not anymore what matters most. The culture of God's kingdom is. From Genesis to Revelation, God's story is about building one nation, one kingdom. The reason for Israel, brothers and sisters, and for the church is only one. Is only one. Serve as a lighthouse pointing to God. This is the plan. This is the life that matters. This is the project that matters. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, the church is the church only when it exists for others. Not dominating, but helping and serving. It must tell men of every calling what it means to live for Christ, to exist for others. You tell the story, live in the story. You tell, we tell the world how amazing it is to belong to Jesus, live in the life only he can make you live. As we heard from, from Pastor Joel last Sunday, it is not about miracles or what we can receive from God. Or even do for God. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about money. It's not about having things. It is about walking with him. Surrendering our lives to him. This is how we bring light to the nations. All nations. They need to see... Our stories of life. We live like Jesus. We love like him. We serve our, our society like him. 
Being a disciple of Jesus is about aligning, aligning our personal stories to God's story. Now we live for him, we depend on him. I know a lot of people, friends online from different nations, they are planning to come here. Canada, Canada is an amazing country, a beautiful nation. Yes, it is, it is. Beautiful place, but brothers and sisters from all over the world, we can't forget that our hope, our joy, our security, success, happiness come from belonging to Jesus. No matter the story behind your nation, I know a lot of us immigrants, we came here because we had so many problems. Our nations face so many problems, social, political, economic problems. It is true. But you know what? Jesus is the answer. Only he can complete our stories, our lives. This morning I want to finish reading the lyrics of a song from Coldplay. Name it Fix You. I don't know what you think, but for me, this song is a clear demonstration of how the world is crying out for help. Listen. When you try your best, but you don't succeed. When you get what you want, but not what you need. When you feel so tired, but you can't sleep, stuck in reverse. And the tears come streaming down your face. When you lose something you can't replace. When you love someone, but it goes to waste, could it be worse? Now pay attention. Lights, lights will guide you home and ignite your bones. And I will try to fix you. Brothers and sisters this morning, people are lost, stuck in reverse. See around you a lot of problems, people dying, suffering, lacking confidence. They are trying crazy things, trying to do their best, but they don't. Getting a lot of things. Searching for a lot of things, 
but not getting what they really need. They are tired, but can't sleep. They lost, they lost something. They lost their connection with, with their creator, with Jesus, with God. There is something that is missing. It is Jesus. Only Him can make their lives be complete again. They are lost. And you know what? We are the lights. We are the lights that will guide them home. Guide them back to Genesis, the house of God. sisters God won't God will not just fix them He will transform them forever The prophet Ezekiel says God it is hope there is hope in this verse. There is hope for this world, for all nations, for our nations. The hope is Jesus. God says, I will give them an undivided heart and put the new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. God, God will ignite their bonds again. Life. This is the project that matters. If you are coming to Canada, Canada, remember, God has a mission for you here. If God brought brought us here, brothers and sisters, for from all over the world, God brought us here to use us here as. His lights. God is, God is calling you to live His story. Depend on Him. Connect with Him. Telling the world how amazing, how amazing it is to depend on God. He is good. When the world sees the power of Jesus' life in us, the way we love, the way we connect with people in our jobs, the way we live for Him, the way we let others win, the, the way we manage man, money, you know, that our values, our, you know, what is important for us is not 
from this world. It's from another world. God's world. God's kingdom. If you are listening this morning, if you are here, and you are not, not, uh, not sure if you have a relationship with God, let me tell you, God loves you. It is not about the church. It is not about religion. It is about opening yourself to a relationship with God. Walking with Him. And you will never be the same again. Let's stand. Let's pray. your heart Lord let us be the light guiding people back to you please Lord transform change our intentions our heart you are so good please God to serve you Holy Spirit bring your power to our lives and use us give us courage teach us how to live only for you, only in your love, and the world and the nations will see how great you are. Your name, Jesus, is power. We love you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about Moncton Wesleyan, we invite you to visit our website at mw.church. We are here to help you with any questions you might have. See you next time.